as we're brought to you by PTs, a proud partner of the Vegas Golden Knights. And PT 64 here in the Valley, it is going to be pumping tonight because of everything that's on TV. I mean, give me a break. With the March Madness here, pick any of the PTs here, Sierra Gold, Sean Patrick's, get in there. If you want to sit at the bar, gaming at the bar, the food, the drinks, all the specials that they have for March Madness. And I was on a PT's conference call the other day, and man, what they have lined up for the month of April and into May is going to be incredible here as we open up the show. You can start dialing 702-365-9200 if you want to get in. I'm going to go heavy football after our interview with Peter DeBoer coming up here momentarily because I watched a lot of football this morning, and I saw a lot. And I'm tying it into the Raiders and how the Raiders are looking at these quarterbacks that are going to jump out in front of them and how the Raiders are going to get a really good player at 17. I'd be shocked if the Raiders traded back. I'd be shocked if they traded back, and hopefully they don't. And hopefully we're in a situation here where we can talk about the Raiders really getting that defensive player that I've been calling on via the draft after getting Yannick Ngakwe off the edge. If the Raiders can get a starter on the defensive side of the ball, just a guy who's going to wreak havoc on the opposite side of Max or Yannick or a defensive tackle, I'm going to be thrilled by that. And if the Raiders get a right tackle who can start, because one of the tackles drop all the way to 17, and the Raiders know they have a plug-and-play starter on the opposite side of Colton Miller, I think I could live with that, but I'd rather see them go defense. And that's going to be a big, big topic uh, going forward, is do the Raiders trade up? Do they trade back? Do they take the best player on the board? And I think that's what Mike Mayock and John Gruden like to do. I think they're going to take the best player on the board. If he's a right tackle, they'll take him. If he's an edge rusher, linebacker, they'll take him. But it depends on what happens in front of him. And watching this quarterback carousel is insane to see the way that these kids are throwing. Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, uh, Lance, these guys are coming in. They all look like Mahomes to me. Now, Mahomes is different, but these young quarterbacks are in a spot now where they're just, they got arm strength and the ability to place the football wherever they want, deep, deep, deep downfield. And I think three out of five of these quarterbacks are great outside the pocket. And that doesn't include Trevor Lawrence, who Trevor Lawrence looks to be the best quarterback drafted since Andrew Luck or John Elway before him. So with all that pending, this is going to be unbelievable. And with the Niners trading up to number three, I know we spent a lot of time yesterday. I got a lot of a lot of tweets from people saying, well, are we listening to Niners radio or Raiders radio yesterday? Well, the Niners made news yesterday, and I host a sports talk show, and we cover the big stories here. And if the Raiders don't have news and there's no interviews and there's no one coming in and I'm not talking to Coach Gruden, I have to pivot because I have to fill two hours a day by myself, which I don't need a medal for, but i got to talk about a lot of other sports. And today, it's heavy on football with everything we're seeing. When it gets to the Golden Knights and what they're doing, this team, I believe, is built right now to win the Stanley Cup. And they're built for years to win the Stanley Cup. The depth on this team on the offensive side is tremendous. And the Golden Knights have two A-list goaltenders. So I've never been more excited 
to follow the Golden Knights, and I do right now. Their head coach, Peter DeBoer, kind enough to join us. Coach, what I just said, you got to be really excited coming off a win on a day off and the way your team is coming together. How are you? Great, JT. Uh, yeah, fantastic. Um, you know, I, I, I like uh, our group. I like where we're at. I like the fact uh, we're getting fans back in T-Mobile and, and the rink's starting to rock again, and uh, guys are playing really well right now. I'm happy you brought up the fans, Coach, before we get to the players on your team. You have an owner in Mr. Foley who's very progressive and wants to get the building full again. But obviously, that's out of our hands. It's more of a political topic here. But what have you noticed with the fans as the number increases? And we know these are the loudest fans in all of hockey. Yeah, it's been spectacular. You know, the rink seats 18,000 or close to that. Um, Mm -hmm. And and you wouldn't think, I think we started at uh, 15% capacity and then we went to 20. I think we're at 22 now and, and, you know, hopefully heading uh, for more here soon. But you wouldn't think, you know, even at 15%, uh, 2,500 people in there would make a difference. But Boy, uh, our fans, 2,500 sounds uh, like 10,000. And, and uh, you know, we were up over, I think, 3,000 last night. That, that sounds, uh, they're getting closer to the ice level now. They're starting to open up some sections. So it's just a huge advantage for us to have that energy in the rink. I think it's really important Peter DeBoer joins us, head coach of the Golden Knights, because the Golden Knights can lead the way with attendance, which could help the Raiders out and UNLV. And you understand the big picture, Coach, as we've talked in the past. I was looking at this unique schedule of playing in the conference and playing in the division more. Do you miss, you know, getting a couple of extra suits and getting on the plane and going to New York and hitting the Garden and hitting New Jersey and hitting the island when you do these unbelievable road trips? That's a big part about camaraderie, traveling with your group. Absolutely, you miss those rinks and and you miss uh, the uh, you know the, the the different teams that that you get to to play and the, and the different game planning you know to go and play Connor McDavid, the best player in the world, up in Edmonton. You know we don't get the opportunity to do that, so um, you know you do miss that. But but there are some benefits to what we're doing. Uh, the rivalries are, are great. I mean, the Colorado uh, series we had last week was felt like uh, a game seven of the playoffs, the two games, and, and the teams are starting to get a real dislike for each other the more you play each other and you get that you get that rivalry night to night. So, so there are some advantages to it, um, and, and there is less travel. Uh, you know, in the West here to begin with, we, we, we uh, tend to spend a lot of time on the planes. Uh, so that's been the nice part that uh, you're not traveling cross-country. Peter DeBoer is our guest. Yeah, I think the Colorado matchup, a lot of people want to talk about that. How difficult is it for you knowing the rest of the West is tough? You have natural rivalries. You were in San, San Jose before. You know what that feels like, L.A., everything that's happening. I watched Minnesota. When you played Minnesota last time, Coach, and I was like, wow, they are really good. So do you think you're getting a break because you play out west and a lot of these teams are really good, and that's going to even prep you more for the postseason? Yeah, I, I wouldn't call it a break. I, I think we'll be uh, we'll be battle-tested for sure. Yeah. Uh, and, you're, and you're right. I mean, everyone talks about Colorado, but uh, you're going to have to go through some very good teams uh, before you even get to that matchup. Uh, including the ones you mentioned. Minnesota looks really strong. L.A.'s coming on. 
Um, you know, we've got St. Louis there, the, the Stanley Cup champion from two years ago that, that's sitting there knocking on the door. So, um, you know, I, I think who, who, uh, when, we, when we get to the playoffs, I think we're all going to be looking forward to it, and I think we'll, we'll definitely all be battle-tested by them. Coach, let's talk about the health of your roster in general. Petrangelo, Stone is having an MVP year overall. Uh, Max in overtime, Pacioretty is unbelievable. Tuck went on a hot streak when you're up in Tahoe and came off of that. What's the overall health and mindset of your roster right now? You know what? Knock on wood, uh, we're, we're pretty good. Uh, considering the, the condensed schedule and uh, uh, and how many games we're playing and how little practice time we've had, uh, we've been pretty fortunate. Uh, Alex Peter Angelo, our, our big free agent signing, has had a little bit of some tough luck uh, between getting diagnosed with COVID and then breaking his wrist. But mm-hmm. he's on the, the verge of getting back in the lineup uh, here and you know, other than that, we, we've had some minor stuff where guys have missed a day or two, but uh, we've been fortunate, and, and most of our best players have been available almost every night. The recent play of Haig, Alec Martinez, what we know we're going to see from Shea Theodore, who I thought was a brilliant player last year, and his skill set is amazing. On the defensive side, is this one of the best defenses, Coach, you've ever had in your career because they can score, pinch in, they can kill penalties? What's the strength of your defense now at this point in the schedule? Well, I think the game uh, of hockey really changed probably, you know, in the last five, six, seven years where, where offense from your defenseman became a real uh, uh, priority. And uh, I think uh, our group is built that way. Uh, I think the scouts and, and our general manager and president George McPhee and Kelly McCrimmon have done a great job uh, uh, finding defensemen that can defend but also have that offensive element to be able to jump in and create offense and uh, we've got three young defensemen uh, that we've plugged in in the last 12 months that have done an exceptional job and then yeah yeah the veterans we've had here uh, it's a really good group and it's a really deep group the goalie rotation flower getting the night off to see robin leonard again i've asked you this in the past it's a really good problem to have. Colorado wishes they had this type of problem with a backup goalie. Are you sensing other teams around the NHL are going to even trade for a backup goaltender, knowing how the playoffs are going to set up, and goaltenders are going to be tired at the end of the year heading into the postseason? Yeah, you know, it's a lot like starting pitching in Major League Baseball. You can't have enough of it come playoff time. And, uh, you know, I think... If you look at some of the teams in the bubble last year, Colorado was one of them, had, had injuries to their goaltending and and uh, got eliminated early. So uh, I think with the condensed schedule, the fact that it's the most important position uh, on your team, uh, having having the depth we have is a huge luxury, and, and I'm sure that uh, other teams see that and they're going to gonna try and address their, their, uh, their depth in that, in that spot. Peter DeBoer is our guest as we wrap it up, head coach of the Vegas Golden Knights. So, Coach, what's changed for you now if you get off to a slow start in the first period, you get into the locker room with all the leaders you have there? This is a team that is spoiled with riches and the ability to come back. I mean, you could come back. You've proven that. Being down multiple goals and score and win games, what's that like for you when you want to get the group going early? They don't. And then you walk into the locker room at the end of the first period and they get it. They know they got to pick it up in the second period. Could you share those thoughts? 
Yeah, well, you know, we, we named Mark Stone the, the first captain in franchise history prior to the season, and, and that was a, a, a huge step for, for us as a group because it, it really solidified our leadership hierarchy, and, you know, he's the guy that uh, that really leads by example in those situations and also, you know, uh, says the right things in the dressing room. I think I don't think it's an accident we're the best third period team in the league this year. I think that's a, a product of our leadership and the guys understanding. Hey, we need to find another level here to win at, at the most important time of the game. Um, but I think it's an, also an example of our depth. Uh, you know, we can keep uh, our foot on the gas uh, late into games uh, with good energy because we, we have that depth there uh, at all positions. Coach, finally, how are you and your family adjusted to Vegas since the last time we talked? We're still got a lot of protocol we have to deal with with COVID and especially with you being inside that type of bubble. But how much do you love the community, especially what you get to get a chance to do in the community? I know a lot of it is virtual and over Zooms, but has this been a great fit for you and your family and friends? Uh, absolutely loving it. Um, love the weather, love the, love the passion of the hockey fans here. Um, you know, the protocols are the protocols, but uh, my family's in Canada, and, uh, you know, compared to that, there, there's, this is, this is uh, you know, pretty much wide open. So, um, you know, we, we've been very fortunate uh, to, uh, to have had the opportunity to really enjoy Vegas and get out and see some of the areas and, and explore a little bit and love everything about it. Coach, last one. What's your message to all the Vegas Golden Knight fans as you go through your next stretch? Well, just uh, we can't wait to see you at T-Mobile. I, I know that uh, t- tickets are limited, uh, and, and I know they're trying to disperse them among all the people that uh, you know have been diehard fans for years, and, and hopefully they'll they'll call your number. I, I've heard rumors that. Uh, uh, you know, potentially they're going to increase the number of people there, and hopefully by playoffs we'll, we'll be able to pack the house again. But uh, uh, they're, they're a huge advantage to our group uh, when we can play in front of them at home. Our home record shows that. We've only lost two games at home all year, even without uh, fans or limited fans. So uh, just hang in there. Uh, there's brighter days ahead. Thanks, Coach. Thanks for making time for us. Really appreciate it. Have a good day. You got it. Peter DeBoer, head coach of your Vegas Golden Knights. And they are poised, I believe, to go on this unbelievable run. Nice that we could get the coach. Thanks to Sage and everybody behind the scenes for making that happen. Goalie rotation, the defense that can score. uh, What we've seen with Tuck and Stone, as he mentions the captain, Mark Stone, and what he's able to do here. And, you know, the lack of travel back east. I think one of the things, as he talked about, he says it's not a break. Because when you play Colorado this many times, it feels like a playoff game. It feels like you're deep in the playoffs. And I think these Colorado games, as he's talking about, how about the coach saying that we're, we're not liking each other? I love that about hockey. Is that how these hockey rivalries grow? And the one with Colorado right now is pretty impressive. And it doesn't matter if you're a Raider fan, if you're a Laker fan, whatever it is. We have something special in Las Vegas with the Golden Knights. And they got to get more fans in the seats. And he was very optimistic about that changing here. I don't know how you go from 20 to 22%. I thought you go from 20% to 40%. Then 40 goes to 80. I don't understand this 2%, 5%. We're back from a home stand and we're only going to let 5% more people in. 
Okay, I, I take COVID, as you know, very seriously on this show. I've never made light of it. I've never told you how to live your life. I just recommend what I know and what people know, and we try to give you that information and tie it to sports. But T-Mobile, T-Mobile's at the forefront, like Allegiant Stadium, on how to protect fans and follow protocol. Let's get this going. Okay, Bill Foley came on here probably about a month ago and wanted to be sold out by the playoffs. We're not there yet. So we got to get this going, and the fans are very loud. I mean, you get 2,000 fans in there. He said it sounds like 10. If you get 8,000 fans in there, it probably sounds like, you know, 12, 13,000. It's a really important home ice advantage for this team, and we got to get fans there at T-Mobile. Thanks to Peter DeBoer for joining us, and that's what we do. I talk sports in Vegas, and other than the Raiders and the Golden Knights, that's what I focus on because they move the needle. The most. When we come back, we'll get into the contract extension of Colt Miller. Field Yates reporting. Colt Miller just became the first member of the 2018 NFL draft class to receive an extension. Amongst the most notable others that are extension eligible, Baker Mayfield, Quentin Nelson, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. And who was the first one? Colt Miller. I would love for Raider fans to call in on this today. Colton Miller has been extended by the Las Vegas Raiders as the anchor to that offensive line, and there's been a lot of turnover in that offensive line. How excited are you, Raider fans? And John Gruden made that call. So for all the heat that Gruden gets from time to time, uh, Gruden getting in there and making that call and telling me on and off the record that he wouldn't have had an offensive line if he didn't go get this kid when he signed him, And now look how he's developing into the perfect first-round pick for the Raiders on the offensive line. Congratulations to Colt Miller on this deal. We wrap up the monologue brought to you by Remy Martin. Team up for excellence. Colt Miller deserves a Remy tonight for this opportunity. This is good news. You know, I knew they were working on it, but good to see. Good to see for all the people that question that pick. And this kid just shut his mouth and went to work every day with a lunch pail, and now he gets rewarded for it. That's great news. Let's get on this. I think it'll come down to a Sunday decision. Colton's never missed a uh, start. He's one of the toughest guys I've ever coached. Um, so I'm going to wait until game day to rule him out. Sam Young had a good week. Uh, Brandon Parker played great for us last week. We'll have a couple guys out there that are ready and able. That's John Gruden, and what a contract extension. The breaking news, Colton Miller, $68.7 million on the contract, according to Tom Pelissero, $18 million in new money average, 18.5 new money max, 42.6 million guaranteed. 42.6 million guaranteed, as Ian Rappaport said, the Raiders continue to invest in their younger offensive line. So here's the way I look at this, okay? This is a positive Raiders story in a sea of negativity as of late. Right? It's been, it's been very negative as of late. And I like negative radio a lot, except for the Raiders. 
because the Raiders get hammered nationally too much. So if you turn on the morning shows, the debate shows, what all they all they do is hammer the Raiders, and they take cheap shots at the Raiders. So me, for over 20 years, I try to have the flank of the Raider fans and put the Raider fans on the radio because they're getting their ass kicked nationally by a bunch of hacks that always come after them, right? I'm not making anything up. So from time to time when you're in my position and some good news happens and you say, you know, Raider fans, something good just happened. Stop the negativity for a bit. And I'm not saying you don't have to be negative about other things. You know, you should be more negative about the Chiefs than you are, but whatever, whatever it is. And, and give this kid a pat on the back. Colton Miller is going to be a Raider. I'm not saying for life, but this is off his rookie deal. He gets extended long term. And look, the guaranteed money of over $42 million, you know how all these guys, Rodney Hudson was asked to redo his deal, Gabe Jackson redo his deal. I'm sure Colton Miller, three years from now or two years from now, hey, man, we want to give you fresh new money, new money, but hey, can you redo your contract? That always happens. But he's, he's the perfect Raider because he's tough, but he's silent. He's not a talker. On the other side of him was Trent Brown, who was a bust, who didn't want to be a Raider after the Raiders did everything right to get him. And look, you, you can't figure that out. You can't. When you, when you sit down and sign a free agent, the free agent wants to be a Raider. And then when they get here, then you see their behavior patterns, their skill set, how they practice. And some players you hit a home run with. And Colt Miller is one of those. I'm not saying he's going to be the greatest offensive lineman in Raider history, but he's going to be a security blanket going forward, and he just got a lot of money. This is a big-time story. Let's congratulate him. 702-365-9200. Colt in Phoenix, thanks for calling. What's happening? JT, appreciate you as always. This is a big day for the Raiders. You know, I've been critical of Gruden lately, and the bottom line is I'll take you back real quick to the 2018 draft. We desperately needed a tackle, okay? We wanted McGlinchey. The Niners grabbed him. Mm-hmm. Colt Miller's straight up better than McGlinchey, let's be honest. We caught a break there. Miller was a raw, athletic, young kid from UCLA. I was skeptical, but I was at my buddy's draft party. I predicted we grab him. We did, and you just hope for the best. This guy had a brutal rookie year because he was hurt, but he proved what a warrior he was. I've been defending him for two years. Everyone keeps bringing up Derwin James. How could the Raiders not take Derwin James? Derwin James is a stud, but number one, he can't stay healthy. And number two, left tackle is so much more important than safety. I'm sorry. You have to secure tackle way above securing a safety, as bad as we need one. Bottom line is two years ago, he had four penalties, allowed seven sacks. Last year, four penalties only allowed two sacks. His run blocking could use work, but this guy doesn't hold. He doesn't get beat very often. He has eight penalties in the last two years, and he's given up two sacks last year. This is a genius move. $18 million is well worth it, and I just want to compliment the Raiders. Like you said, this is what you have to do at the left tackle position. He's a warrior, and we locked him down. I'll let you get to the rest of your show. Thanks for the time. Thank you. Excellent phone call. Excellent phone call. Jeremy Fowler of ESPN reporting the Las Vegas Raiders and Colt Miller have agreed to a three-year extension worth more than $18 million per year. Deal includes $42.6 million guaranteed at signing and goes through 2025. 
including a fifth-year option for an ascending tackle. Yeah, he's an ascending tackle. That's what he, He's a good, solid player that the Raiders d- didn't want to lose. And I don't think historic. I didn't think the Raiders wanted to lose Rodney Hudson. Rodney Hudson wanted to win more. Think of think of this: If you're Rodney Hudson, you leave Kansas City, and Kansas City gets Patrick Mahomes, and they go to Super Bowls. And Rodney was not happy about that, I would assume. And Rodney, for whatever reason, if he did want to leave, and the Raiders wanted to keep him, it didn't work out. They want to go with Andre James. They have two centers now. We'll see how they play. I'm not putting my neck on the line telling you this new offensive line is going to be great because I was the guy telling you, and I'm a big fan of Tom Cable. He was a good head coach, and he's an elite offensive line coach. The problem with this offensive line over several years is they got hurt. They weren't available. Now, I don't think they believe their press clippings, but the fans gave this offensive line too much credit. How many times did people tell me this is the greatest offensive line, the best offensive line in football? And it'd be like, you're nuts. They don't play. They're not available. Colt Miller is available. I hope Andre James is available. Richie Incognito. I think Richie's the perfect Raider in the interior of that line. A very good, above-average player, as long as his Achilles holds up. So then you got three players. Then you look at the... Denzel Goods and the other players that they're about, uh, elevating, but it really is going to come down to what they can get at right tackle. And look, if they can get us the good news for the Raiders with all these quarterbacks going high, the right tackles and offensive linemen are dropping to the Raiders, right? So if, say, two quarterbacks went after 17, then you'd be sitting there going, oh my God, the Raiders want to get an offensive tackle, but there's two quarterbacks behind them. And what are they going to do? Are they going to trade back and let someone trade ahead of them to get the quarterbacks? No, all these quarterbacks are going in the top eight picks. That means that the Raiders are going to have a better chance to get a right tackle than they would have if there was a run on just tackles early. And still, the Raiders might have to trade up. But I I like Colt Miller. The times I've interviewed him and met him, he's been nothing but a quiet class act, and you don't hear a peep out of him. Wouldn't that be great if more players were like him, not running around, pounding their chest in pregame warm-ups, telling you how great they are? This guy is a leader, and he's going to protect Derek Carr. I'm sure Derek is really happy about this. What a week for Derek Carr. His 30th birthday, and then on top of that, Colt Miller locked in long-term. Marty in Vegas on 920. Hello, Marty. Hey, guys. How are you? It's, uh, you know, it's a nice day. I think uh, the Raiders did what they're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to, and any organization would do, mm-hmm. you put anybody in a situation where you have this type player in uh, this type position, and you sign him, and you hold on to him, and you take, uh, you look at what he's done, and uh, I think he deserves the contract that he got. I think that's the going rate for a, a young, strong uh, offensive tackle. And uh, you go from there. Uh, my my thing is, I keep coming up with the same question in my head. Uh, you know, we've been down the John Gruden thing for a few years now, and I I'm asking myself, is John Gruden the guy I want to be the head coach? And am I going to be able to win with John Gruden? Yeah. And as of right now, I have to ask myself that question, which is not a question I want to ask myself. 
If I am running an organization and I am questioning whether my head coach is the guy who can bring me there, then I think I have the wrong guy. Yeah, That's and I couldn't, dis- I couldn't disagree more with you. I think that Gruden is a fantastic coach. I think he's an unbelievable play caller. I think that Gruden has proven himself as a Super Bowl champion in this league. I think he's only getting better. He tore down a roster to move to Vegas and build the roster in his liking. Are there growing pains? Absolutely. Did they lose two well, games that they sh- – hold on, let me finish. Did they lose okay. two games that they should have won to get to ten wins on flukes? The Ryan Fitzpatrick, Hail Mary, yes. The the Marcus Mariota, first and goal at the four, yes. So I I look at Gruden as a 10-win coach from last year that ended up 8-8. and I was on a Zoom with him the other day with the head coach of UNLV, and the knowledge that he put out to all the coaches that were on, hundreds of coaches on this call about coaching and leadership, it's about his players. He's trying to get the players to win, and unfortunately – it's not going smoothly. It's not going perfectly. It's not going 14-2 and two to 13-3. and three. But you got a leader of all leaders, a guy who knows football inside and out. And here's the key, Marty, last morning of the call. No one in the league outworks him. Nobody in the league, maybe other than Belichick and Sean Payton, puts this much of his time and his life into the football team. And if you're going to doubt him for that, I can't do anything else other than that. I can just tell you, I know him as a person. I know how passionate he is to want to win. And he's a diehard diehard Raider fan. And he beat the Raiders in the Super Bowl. Right. I believe I believe that every head coach in the NFL is working very, very hard. Not as hard I, as him. I don't, Not well, as hard as him. You know, I, I would beg to differ that there's to think that because you know Gruden and you don't know. No, I'm just telling you what I know. Everybody knows about yeah, anybody. Know no, no, Gruden no, no, no. Let me stop hard. you, Marty. Marty, the other coaches will tell you this. The NFL every insiders will tell hard. you this. Okay. Then, then you're not me and you. Works hard. Me and you are going to agree to disagree, and I appreciate your call. Look, there are plenty of Gruden critics, more than when he got here. And I've never been more assured and confident that he can get the job done. Okay? If he doesn't get the job done, it is not my fault. Okay? I, I support the coach. I've supported every coach who's ever been the coach of this team for a number of reasons. A, I work for the team, and I want to see him win. So when they're going through hard times – All I can do is tell you that I'm assured that they could get it done. And secondly, that the fact is you can call and criticize them just like that caller. And Gruden has no problem with it. Gruden gets it. So criticize them all you want. Do whatever you got to do. I believe in them. I'm loyal. I'm loyal to my friends. I'm loyal to my employers. I'm loyal to people. And I'm not starting a bonfire to get Gruden out of this town. Anytime. So listen to another show. Listen to a podcast that wants to rip them all day. You won't find that here on Raider Nation Radio. Short three-step drop by... High throw, complete to the 20. And now it is the tight end, Foster Moreau. Touchdown. Oh, mercy. Jackpot, baby. 
Brent Musburger on the call, and congratulations to Brent and the entire team at VSIN as DraftKings bought them today. Big news in the world of sports gaming and the godfather, Brent Musburger. Uh, tomorrow, right after the show, I'll be heading down to the Raiders Tavern and Grill at the M Resort. Looking forward to that. I would have been up there all night if I didn't have to do another radio show tomorrow night. But looking forward to uh, getting inside and looking at it. I've watched them build it out. And uh, for those tomorrow, the grand opening will be there. I'll be down there at the Raiders Tavern and Grill to see what they did inside the M's Resort. And I hung out with Sam and Ash this week. And I'm reminded that legal rights exist under our legal system. But what happens if you don't know what those rights are? You need a law firm that knows how to protect you. So if you and your loved one have been hurt in an accident or anyone that you know, that's where Sam and Ash Law come in. You want the best players with big wins against replacement on your team. Sam and Ash Law are the in-game team for success. Rights need to be protected. They'll protect your rights. I trust Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234. Or go to SamandAshLaw.com. 211 Steel Reserve. You're on deck. Ahead. What's up, JT? Hey, man, this is a it's a great day, man. Uh, I believe this uh, Colt Miller. You know, it, it feels good to have one of our own guys come through uh, through the ranks, Ernest Keep, and uh, I believe he's the first first rounder to get a second contract from our Raiders since McFadden. I'm yep. not sure if I'm, I'm pretty, I'm uh, you're pretty right. sure. You're right. And uh, it feels good, man, to see bring along a bring along a player. It's been a while. It feels good as a, a, a Raider, man, and. Uh, I'm with you, man. A lot of these fans want to dog out Gruden, but look, I'm tired of the turnstile coaching. Are these fans really wanting to get rid of Gruden and go back to that turnstile of coaches just coming in here and constantly tearing things down and redoing things? We got to stick with it. We got to play it out. We first year he had to deconstruct what was here. There was two draft rooms when he in his first year. There was two draft teams, two boards. He had to deconstruct that. This is really his third year of his rebuild. And I don't understand why people don't see that. I mean, the offense has red zone issues, but I don't think the offense is an issue. And that's his side of the game. So let's hope that uh, Gus Bradley can come in here and somehow get this to be, in, I believe, in the top teams. If they can get this defense to the top teams, I think that the Raiders are yep. into the playoffs. I think they might even go deep in the playoffs. But that's just my two cents. I'm just glad Golden's a Raider. Mm-hmm. As much as the Bay Area media out here was ragging on us, after that coin flip, feels good to win this one. Yeah, and thanks for the call. Colt Miller, you look at that drought since signing a player that they drafted to a second contract back to McFadden. I mean, that is one hell of a drought that's coming to an end with Colt Miller. That drought needed to come to an end big time. And, and I believe in the concept of what Gruden's doing, which is he's trying to build a roster and an organization that can compete with Kansas City and New England with the principles of what they're doing inside their buildings because he was inside their buildings at ESPN and he saw how, he, they, how, how they did it, especially Andy Reid, his friend. He hasn't done it yet. So if everybody wants it done tomorrow, I get it. If other ones want to be patient, I understand. It's not perfect. There are a lot of people with a lot of different opinions, but the weakness of the Raiders is not John Gruden, I can promise you. Raider man, good to hear from you as always. How are you? What's going on, JT? Happy afternoon to you, brother, man. Hey, you I had too, to tab friend. in, man, because I wanted to give out a big shout-out to my dude, Colton Miller, too. 
You know, I'm proud of that guy. I don't know him personally, but I just took a fine interest in him when I first saw him in the combine. I'm a big combine guy, and I'm, I'm starving for attention right now because, you know, you got to watch what are all these pro days and whatnot. And it's different. It's, it's fulfilling in itself, but you just don't get the same feel. You don't get to see these guys measured up right next to each other and get to see them interact in that pure competition. So it's a little bit tainted for me. But with that being said, the biggest thing about the Colton Miller thing to me is that it dates back to – like, I just started doing the Twitter thing. And when mm-hmm. we drafted Colton Miller, that's when I put out my first tweet because I wanted to support this guy. Everybody was throwing off, but nobody saw what the draft was doing. We flat out kicked New England in the balls with Colton Miller because that's who they wanted. They ended up draft, uh, drafting, I think his name is Isaiah Wynn or whatever, who this kid ain't even hit the field yet. They got desperate. They went up to Trent Brown. They did their little carousel and all the rest of that stuff. But Colton Miller is our standard, and I love that. And so going into this draft, I was thinking defense. I really want to see us get a big linebacker. I'm not necessarily sure, you know, who's worth it again because we can't see anybody in the combine. But my name floating around, the one that I like the most is Avon Collins. He gave us a big body. And he reminded me a lot of uh, Greg Beaker. I'm just curious mm-hmm. to see how he play on the field. But with this move right now, locking down Colton Miller, what i like to see us do is go in after maybe a Christian Derrissaw from Virginia Tech. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people are kind of against going after an offensive lineman early in the draft, but at number 17, that would be a steal for us. I really don't think that guy's going to drop to us. But if we can make a move or go after him or a guy like, uh, I think it's Elijah Vera Tucker out of USC. Mm-hmm. Out of USC, yeah. That those, those dudes could play left tackle, but I think they're both legitimate, natural right tackles, and I think that they're both brainiacs with athleticism that we can get in our offensive line. We can make our offensive line almost kind of look like a decent a defensive line, and that would be good for us going into. Our hey Raider man, hey Raider man, I agree with a lot of that. If a great right tackle drops at seventeen, but how long have you and I been talking about this defense? How long have you and I been talking about this defense killing this team, falling apart late in games? Me on the post game show, what the hell happened? The game. I mean, there's an opportunity at seventeen to get a game changing defensive player in that front seven, I think you got to take them. They don't come around often, and the Raiders have not been good at that. They need a game-changer to go along with Yannick Ngakwe. Yeah, but you don't panic either. And the truth of the matter is we've got Gus Bradley in with a scheme for change and a scheme that everybody mm-hmm. can run. And for me, like realistically, going back to last year, you know what I go with this. There's a lot of games that could have been turned on the tide, and I'm just not willing to throw our defense under the bus like that. Statistics mm-hmm. are what they are, and that's true. But there's a lot of games that we should have and we could have won despite our defense. And I think that our defense is taking a lot of hits that they don't deserve to take because of a lot of alacrity of our offense. But nobody talks about that kind of stuff. So that gets touchy for me. My thing yep. is just fix it. Win the game. Everybody trying to be geniuses and whatnot and trying to explain it. You don't need to explain wins. Just win, baby. You know where I go with that, JT. Go get gotcha. And it starts right. ahead of the speed. Appreciate it. Raider man checking in. Look, he, he makes a good point. This offense is good enough to win in shootouts, even if the defense isn't very good. But case in point, Kansas City, on the road at Kansas City. The Heath interceptions, the way they played on defense in that game. Oh, by the way, they had a pretty good right tackle in that game when he wanted to play in Trent Brown. Penny Sewell will be gone. The best offensive lineman in the draft should be gone by probably the fifth, fourth pick, fifth or sixth. Rashawn Slater the offensive lineman out of Northwestern, is incredible. He can play inside or outside. He should be gone by 17. 
So when it comes to then getting the next offensive lineman, at a minimum, you're getting the third best offensive lineman. So if you see Vera Tucker available, I have a mock draft with him going 11 to the Giants. Yeah, he's a really big, strong, outstanding garter tackle. And he would be a cornerstone if they could get Vera Tucker at a USC on the opposite side of a UCLA left tackle who was just signed long-term and Colt Miller, I wouldn't have a problem with that. But, but I'm trying to get to the point where the Raiders at 17 get Quiddy Pay, who can come off the edge from Michigan and just be a disruptor. Or one of these other players that are going to be just game changers off the edge. Greg Rousseau out of Miami. There are going to be players there who are available, and Micah Parsons to me is the best, and Jalen Phillips, the defensive lineman. You know, a lot of people have been asking me lately, why do you want to get a defensive lineman? You just got Yannick Ngakwe. Well, Max is very good, and Cleland Farrell is supposed to be great, not very good. They took him four overall. What I like, what, my, what I believe needs to happen is the Raiders need a transitional linebacker who can stay on the field for all three downs and can rush the passer and tackle in space. I've been waiting since Greg Beekert for that. And it hasn't happened, and it hasn't been close, by the way. Hasn't been close. So you got to think I'm nuts. But any time that there's a linebacker who's potentially great with upside and is in the first round, I don't care what the Raiders have to do to get him. Let's just close that chapter and find a linebacker who can change it for the Raiders for 10 years, or five at least.